Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Business Leader Insights, uh, brought to you today by our presenting sponsor, Nightstone uh, Capital. Uh, Business Leader, for those that don't know, is the UK's leading B2B uh, media, and we have a print magazine, a packed live and virtual events network, and a website that is updated daily with news and insight. Uh, This live interview series is seeing us bring you inspiring business figures, and for today's interview, we're speaking to entrepreneur and former Apprentice star, Sabrina Stocker. So let's begin. Right, welcome, Sabrina. How are you today? Good morning. I'm so well. Thank you for having me on. No, good stuff. Well, uh, yeah, nice to have you today, Sabrina. I mean, we're, we're, we'll start by, if you could just talk to us about your early life and career. Of course. Um, so I started my first business when I was 14. Um, not many people know this, but my first business idea was Sarah Ann's business idea who won the Apprentice the year before me, (laughs) Um, which is quite fun. Um, I started my tennis company at 19, um, very quickly grew to become the biggest uh, tennis events company in the UK, which is really exciting, partnered with Better, Virgin Active, um, and then recently launched Shopping Slot, just had uh, half a million users now, four million page views in the last probably two months, um, and developing an app which is launching in a couple of weeks. So it's been a, a very busy time. <laughs> it's good to see you keeping busy, Sabrina. And I mean, you mentioned um, my tennis events there, um, which you built very quickly to, to be a very successful as a six-figure uh, business. I understand. I mean, what was the secret to sort of you know growing and scaling that that so quickly, Sabrina? Um, I think having a really strong case study. So because the for me, the David Lloyd clubs were probably the biggest clients. They've got about 120 clubs in the UK. So providing that I could get results very quickly, very strong, walking into other clubs, I had it there and I, pro- I was proven with the results. So getting the meetings um, was kind of the first challenge. But the secondly, when I actually had the results, that's when they started taking me really seriously. And that's when I started to scale up very quickly. Like I said, you, I mean, you mentioned uh, off off air that you you've been doing some tennis coaching this morning. I, I, so, what, what, did you have aspirations to be a tennis player, Sabrina? Or yeah, so I I was a regularly competing junior. I won Queens at the age of twelve, um, and I started tennis coaching actually when I was um, nineteen out in the states. And I was doing pretty well. I was earning forty pounds an hour. And when you're bringing in like three hundred pound a day at nineteen, you were so happy. Um, and I do a little bit of coaching now just for fun. But I think that's actually what made me really driven to do something else because you can only earn so much money um, per hour if you're doing a particular trade. Um, but yeah, no, my whole career growing up was trying to become a tennis player, and I think that's definitely brought the mindset attributes of playing into the business world. Yeah, that's interesting. I just want to um, talk about you know the current situation. I mean, everybody knows we're we're, we're going through this very difficult um, time uh, because of the pandemic. I mean, how how have you and your your businesses been affected by it? I'm really fortunate, actually. So um, I have a team of forty two. And for me, the the business hasn't made any money. The business went ma- making from. We're going to have our best summer ever. Um, I was really excited for the summer and it went to absolutely zero overnight. Um, But I know that the business will be able to start again after it because it's built very lean. Um, And a lot of the staffing are kind of self-employed. So they're looking after themselves. And my key members, I didn't want to lose them. Um, I told them that I would look after them. So rather than putting them into the furlough or let them go, I bought them to start a similar business with me. So I've utilized their traits from and kind of experience from one business and brought that into another. And that way I've been able 
able to keep my my right hand man and without that without him I don't know what I would do and yeah and you mentioned that so what what, what other opportunities have you been looking at uh, during this period um so I've been doing a lot I actually had a huge consultancy contract come through before lockdown um so I've had a lot of consultancy clients there's a lot of people wanting to start businesses as well um so been a lot of business coaching um and then of course with shopping slot and and this app that I'm developing a lot of um especially in the tech world a lot of really talented um tech entrepreneurs have ideas but they don't have that business knowledge so I partnered with them and together we've created some really exciting businesses I just want to now just switch to to your time on The Apprentice, which you mentioned earlier. I mean, how 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 was it? How was the experience? It was so much fun. I loved it. I was such a big Apprentice fan. Um, and throughout the whole process, Karen and Claude were so lovely to me on and off camera. It was a definitely a bit of a positive reinforcement there. And then, um, um, and what 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 are the likes of you know Claude Littner, Lord Sugar? What what are they like to really deal with? I mean, is is that kind of that nastiness for the cameras or, or, or does it play through in, in, in the reality? Um, I think it's a mixture of both, but definitely playing up to the camera, I think. Um, Claude's like a teddy bear. He would kill me if I ever said it, but we'll be playing tennis sometime soon. Um, and Lord Sugar, actually, he is he's quite funny and it was a little bit embarrassing sitting there laughing at some of his jokes <laughs> because <laughs> they actually genuinely made me smile. Thanks, Sabrina. And uh, I mean, yeah, you, you're obviously uh, quite young, but you, you've already had quite a grounding in business. I mean, what, what made you want to, to be an entrepreneur? Um, I think I've always had something inside of me. I always knew that I wanted to start a business and I didn't know what in. And I tell my mom when I was younger, mom, I'm going to start a business and it's going to be huge. And she would go, well, what in? And I said, I don't know. And I think the the true likes of an entrepreneur is finding opportunities and just enjoying those opportunities and challenges. Um, so I've found opportunities in, in whatever I'm doing and I, I just love exploring. And my tennis company is very different to Shopping Stop, which is very different to this app that um, we're launching. So I think it's it's something that you have inside of you, but you're the only person who can give you permission to go out and actually take action. Obviously, you've mentioned that the tennis company, the app, the, the Shopping Start. Uh, do, do you see yourself building a portfolio of businesses maybe exiting some of them and then, and then maybe looking to become an investor and an and advisor? I think so. Um, I used to think I would want to retire at 30 and travel the world, but actually I can never see myself retiring just because I love it. Um, so I definitely like to continue building businesses um, and getting someone else running them like I have with a tennis company um, and then just continue expanding and continue challenging myself really. Like good stuff. And I just want to talk, yeah, talk about the sort of the concept of entrepreneurialism. It seems that, you know, uh, more more people in the UK want to become entrepreneurs. And I think something like, you know, a, a sort of economic downturn can, can spur that. Do you, do you think that there is a culture that supports entrepreneurs in the UK or, or can we do more? We, we can definitely do more. Um, I'm actually working well, just before lockdown. I was going to go in as a consultant to the UK Gov and try and create more schemes for 18 to 30 year olds to start their own business. And I think actually, if you go down to it, it's it's really what we're teaching them in schools because throughout the whole schooling system, we're teaching them conformity. And actually, to be an entrepreneur, you have to do something different. So I think if we can embed it into kind of our youth from a very young age then they're going to learn that it's okay to take risks and it's okay to do something different. So I think there's both kind of short-term, long-term approaches like that, but also right here, right now, 
you know, we need to give more information. It's not hard to start a business. You don't need money to start a business. And I think it's demystifying the industry, which will make the biggest difference short term. That's interesting. I mean, and you mentioned kind of um, mistakes there. I mean, you won't find many entrepreneurs who've been successful without without making mistakes. I mean, what what? How important is it to to make make mistakes? Obviously, you don't want to make mistakes, but the most important thing is you learn from them and you learn fast because you, you, there's no right or wrong answer to business. There's no right or wrong answer to life. But providing that you learn very quickly and you find out what works and you move on, that's the most important thing. I've made loads of mistakes. I spent like 70K on staff last year over, which I completely didn't need to, um, which I could have put back into the business. So now I've learned to be very lean and, and careful with my staffing model. Um, so whatever you, you're doing in any area of life, yes, you make mistakes, but it's the way that you learn and also the way that you pick yourself up very quickly, which is going to make the biggest difference. Thank you, Sparrow. I also wanted to say, can you, can you, do you have any experiences of kind of raising funding, finance, and any kind of tips that, that you can give our, our, our viewers in that respect? Yeah, I mean... I think the first biggest thing is you don't need money to start a business. Like all of my businesses so far, I've, I've started off my own back. Um, but if you are looking for investment and funding, they investors believe 50% in the business itself and 50% in yourself. So you've got to make sure that your personal branding is on point. You've got to make sure that you're so passionate about the idea that just talking to, to them about it makes them excited. Um, but also to know your figures as well, because ultimately, yes, the investor might be passionate about the business, but are they going to get a good return on investment? And that, I think, is a big key that a lot of people forget. And, and you mentioned, uh, you, you've mentioned some of them, but are there any kind of tips or advice that you would give to, to people who are maybe uh, watching this now that, that maybe work in somebody and think, you know, I want to start a business, I've got an idea, you know, what, what, what is your kind of uh, advice for them? Can you say that again, sorry? Yeah, sorry, if, if any advice that you would have for people who are maybe thinking about starting a business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do it. Just go for it. Like nobody's, here's your permission to go start a business. No one's ever going to give you permission to start a business. Um, and I also think, you know, if you have got a full-time job, then don't leave your job until you're making more money in your business than you are your job, because otherwise you're going to have that kind of risky mindset in the back of your mind but just start it and start a couple of hours a day start doing your research and it all builds up over time thank you um sabrina we're now just going to take some questions uh from our viewers we've got one from uh, neil criddle here uh how did you manage to sustainably scale your business in your first year so this is all about processes and systems um, and there's loads of stuff on YouTube, but providing that you can build a system which is scalable means that it's not reliant on your time and it's not reliant on your expertise. So therefore you can bring somebody else in, train them up, and then you can move on to the next section. Um, but putting processes and systems in place allows you to create that um, kind of control when you do continue to scale up. Thank you, uh, Neil and, and Sabrina. Um, a question here that's just come in as well. What is the best advice you've ever received and what is the best advice that you give to your clients? Great question. Um, best advice I've received is to, to be bold um, and to take risks because you're never going to grow a massive, massive business unless you take risks that somebody else is doing. And if you want to be more successful than the person next to you, then you have to do something different in comparison to them. And I'd actually pass that on to, to all of my coaching clients. No, thank you. Um, and we've got another question. What was the biggest takeaway from your time on The Apprentice? 
that I'm not a a 4am kind of girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, they they were very early morning starts. My biggest takeaway is business is all about being able to adapt to a situation. um, And you don't know what's going to get thrown at you. And if you're doing very well in an apprentice task, some random reason something's going to go wrong later on the day because they have to make good TV, right? But it's the way that you adapt to situations and whatever challenges throw at you, no matter what industry, it's about the way you respond to them. Oh, thank you, uh, Sabrina. And what is one fact about you that people can't find online? Great question. I used to be a, uh, an MMA fighter, you know. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, so don't mess with you then, Sabrina. Um, and, uh, I think we have... Uh, one more question from our audience uh, as well. Uh, no, I don't think that's uh, coming through. So, well, um, thank you uh, for your time there, uh, Sabrina. A- any final thoughts um, for our, our viewers today? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I'm trying to give out as much business information during this time, especially as I can. Um, so come get in touch with me on social media. Let me know you you found us out on here as well, because that would be great. Um, but just to go for it and if somebody else is is bringing you down or isn't giving you that same amount of belief, like just do what's in your heart and find something that you love and you enjoy because everyone says, you know, follow your, your passion or your business, but that's not because you want to love it. That's because running a business is hard work and you're never going to make quick money. You're never going to make quick success overnight. So it's about finding something you love because you've got to put in the hard work after. I think that's such a good good point to be. I mean, do you, do you think sometimes people think that that being an entrepreneur is easy and it and it, and, and you get all the kind of the, the glory immediately? But you've got to pay the price, haven't you? You've got to take those years where it is tough. You don't earn a salary to to, to eventually uh, get 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 the rewards. A hundred percent. Like there's so many people now saying you can make money quickly or or come build my online course and you can make six figures in a, in a few months. It's, it's not possible. And if it is possible, it's it's possible for the very, very small percentage. Um, where I am now, I've been building my business over the last five years. It hasn't happened overnight. So yes, you see all these entrepreneurs and you see them all over socials, etc. But there's been so much hard work in the background and you're your own boss as well. So you're the only person who's going to make you work harder and you'll sacrifice seeing your friends sometimes or sacrifice having that social life, having a good work life balance. Um, but, you know, if you want to build a massive business, then you're the only person who's going to make that happen, which means working harder than everyone else too. Now, thank you. We've actually just got one more question come through, if you're happy to take it. It's from Aaron uh, Patrick. We followed your model and just started out business. Couldn't agree more and it's working so well. My issue is the next stage of the business. Any tips for trying to grow organically? Um, amazing. I don't know what your business is, but I'm going to try and be as general as I can. Um I think the way that you want to grow, if your business is working really well, you've got to think, okay, either you continue what you're doing or you diversify. So for example, in my tennis company, we've completely dominated, shouldn't say dominated, but we've completely dominated um, the southeast of England. And there's not really much potential to expand in that particular niche of what we're doing. So therefore, we've diversified. So we've used our current client base that trust us, that us, um, uh, you know, reoccurring clients that believe the brand and we bought them another product offering. So it's about utilizing that audience that you already have. And that way you'll be able to uh, grow organically and keep your marketing spend really low as well.